The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Time now for our Wall Street Week daily segment. The host of Wall Street Week, David Weston, joins us, as he does every day at this time. It's been too long since we've last seen you, uh, but welcome back. Well, thank you for all the work you did in my absence, actually, Romaine. Absolutely. And in your absence, you know what we talked a lot about while you were gone? What is that? Artificial intelligence. Son of a gun. (laughs) Some things just don't change. Exactly right. It's an awfully big story. We like to talk to CEOs of big companies, particularly dealing with artificial intelligence. And we have one for us right now. She's Jane Sweet. She is the Accenture CEO. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. I want to talk about AI because you had some big announcements about how you're expanding your AI presence. You've been in it for a while. But first, tell us about your business overall, your consulting business. You had some numbers come out. You're growing, not growing quite as fast. Are you seeing softness out there in the consulting business? Uh, well, thanks, David. Thanks for having me. Um, as you said, overall, we produced uh, really solid results, 5% growth this last quarter, very strong profitability, uh, and really strong growth in transformational deals. So we have um, another 26 clients with over um, $100 million of bookings in the quarter, which is, when you look at our year-to-date, 11 more than we had the same time. So transformation, all roads lead to strategy, uh, to, to technology, that's going um, just as we'd predicted. Where we are seeing softness is in the smaller deals. So we see clients not doing as much. The smaller deals really, you know, we believe they're focusing on things with a bigger impact. Uh, and at the same time, we are seeing smaller deals in Gen AI. So it is it is kind of a mixed picture, but certainly more caution uh, than we saw the prior quarter. And it's not just in the U.S. now. We're seeing it in Europe and the growth markets. But overall, the technology fundamentals of companies needing to reinvent using tech data and AI uh, are very strong. So, so, Julie, you do have clients all around the world. It's extraordinary what the reach of Accenture really is. Are you getting a sense of the economy and how CEOs are regarding the economy? Do they see softness around the corner and therefore saying, you know what, we should trim our sales just a bit? Well, I I think it's a little bit difficult to predict because there are very different situations. In the U.S., you've got concern around inflation, but it's being driven by different concerns than in Europe. In Europe, Europe, it's more tied to energy. In the U.S., it's been tied to us lower labor. So I think overall, the CEOs are saying this remains a very uncertain and volatile market. We just saw another surprise over the weekend in Europe. So I think it's more around caution to make sure that they are focusing on big transformations. And that's really where you see a lot of excitement about Gen AI. We just announced that in the last four months alone, we've done 100 projects uh, we've been um, we've been uh, we've sold 100 projects because there is really unprecedented interest, and that's all about looking to the future. So, for example, working with a chemicals company that is doing um, an enterprise-wide data and analytics to transform everything from their customer data to uh, their sustainability 
uh, and beyond. Yeah. You know, we're working with an insurance company, uh, changing the way they operate around accident response. So in every industry, you are seeing interest. In fact, 97% of executives uh, in a recent survey that we did have said they believe that Gen AI will transform their industry and their company. Well, and your company, Julie, is spending a lot of money on that, of course, to train up your own folks here. And I assume that is the feed through ultimately as to what your clients are asking for. That's absolutely right, Romain. We just announced a $3 billion investment over three years. Part of that is to go from 40,000 people trained in data and AI to 80,000. And part of that will be done organically. We are actively reskilling. We're actually now also going to clients with our AI Academy, where we're training our own people and we're now helping to train our clients because as much as they're going to depend on us, we really believe that they need to have certain skills in-house. And so there's a lot of effort um, at Accenture right now and investment going into how we can bring solutions faster to our clients and yeah. how we can also enable our clients. Well, can you give us some details, I guess, on what those solutions are? Because so far, most of the narrative around AI, at least in the markets, has been around basically just going out and buying a chip or buying a processor or some supercomputer here. But there are a lot more layers to that. So what exactly are your clients asking for? And more importantly, what do you think you need to tell them? Right. Well, um, the first thing that they're asking for is, where do I get a return on investment? So lots of CEOs remember the early days of digital transformation where they woke up and had a million experiments and none of them scaled or had value. Uh, but there's real value that they can see. For example, oil and gas and safety. We're working with a company that takes more of their data and puts it in the hands of their frontline workers to prevent safety incidents, which is a, is a big cost. We're working with a bank that takes lots of knowledge and is putting it in the hands of their frontline to um, do better cross-selling because they have more insights. These are areas where you can take the cost because Gen AI is not inexpensive and get a clear ROI. And that's where they're looking to Accenture is, you know, where are the real value? And then, of course, most of the issue is not the Gen AI itself. It's really about data. Over half of uh, our clients, when we talk to them, say data is the biggest challenge. And so we're spending a lot of time helping our clients now get ready to use Gen AI. So Julie, how do you deal with the issue of ethics or responsible use of AI? I, I know that you at Accenture have been talking about this for some time now, but what are you saying to your clients when they say, how do we make sure we use this responsibly? That's a lot of concern, as you know, a lot of places, particularly in governments right now. Well, the good news is that companies and the technology companies, companies like myself and governments all share the same goal to make uh, AI and use it responsibly. I ask one simple question. Uh, I say to every CEO, if you can't walk out the door, pick up the phone, call someone in your organization and they can tell you exactly where AI is being used and what risk it is, what you're mitigating and what you're monitoring, you're not yet at responsible AI. We have a responsible AI program at Accenture that we use with all of our work. It's overseen by our board and our audit committee. And so we are very focused on equipping companies moving from principles and commitment to action and systemic protection around responsible AI. And we really believe, we're very passionate about this, not just because of course, we're helping clients and it's a way for us to make revenue because we really believe it's the right thing to do. And it is a big unlock for using AI for all of its potential. One of your great strengths, Accenture, Julie, is you can take something like AI and explain to clients what it will mean for their business. 
What does generative AI potentially mean for Accenture's business? Does it mean potentially down the road you won't need as many people? Or if you have as many people, will they be doing different things? Well, besides the obvious, it's a big opportunity to help clients. It actually is a continuation of the journey we've already been on. So we use a tremendous amount of AI today, predictive AI, diagnostic AI, because our business requires us to be more and more productive every year. And so, for example, over the last uh, nine months, we have automated in our operations business almost 13,000 jobs, and then we reskilled those people to do other jobs. And so we have this continuous, and it's one of our great strengths, continuous ability to create talent. And so we're very excited that this is going to give us more levers to improve productivity and then be able to upskill our people to do new value-add things like help our clients use responsible AI. Julie, thank you so very much for spending time with us today. It's Julie Sweet. She's Accenture CEO and obviously, Roman, as you say, improving ROI yeah. in, the, in the end. You try to get something out of it. That's ultimately, I guess, what investors are going to demand, right? Exactly. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.